nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, you guys? I hope you're having an awesome start to your 2022 We're about halfway through the month, a little over halfway now by the time this will be out. My question for you, how's it going so far? Have you made commitments? Have you sat back and really considered what it is that you want to do with your time with the year ahead? And if not, why not, right? So I'm curious, how's it going? You know, how good have you been about sticking to the commitments that you've made and keeping the promises that you've made to yourself? So truth be told, you guys, this is something that I particularly have struggled with throughout my life. And honestly, it is a large reason why I started Never Set a Lifestyle Um, I was bound and determined to find a solution for myself and get out of my negative patterns so that I could finally move forward and start living a life that honestly, I just truly enjoy. So if you know my story, I've made lots of progress. (laughs) Things are much different now for me than they have ever been. And it's always exponentially growing. So I share with you in this episode today, all of my research that I have put together when it comes to creating favorable habits for yourself. I go deep. I give you some psychology. I give you some of my anecdotal experience. Um, I talk about the six habits that I recommend uh, when it comes to becoming a high performer really having having that foundation of taking care of yourself as well. And we go over some techniques and some tactics to help you stick with it. We're going to also talk about why it's not helpful to punish yourself when you fall short and you don't stick to things. Um, and we're also going to talk about ways to break 
unfavorable habits. So if you struggle with any of this and you need some insight, this is definitely going to be an episode that you're going to enjoy. Um, yeah. So if you want to seriously grab a notebook, grab a pen, take some notes, this was actually a um, previously recorded training that I did for my Never Settle Lifestyle group membership, which is so much fun. I do this training live once a month um, on various topics and people pop in, they ask questions. Um, Yeah, it's a good time. So I hope you enjoy it wherever you are in the world, whatever's going on in your life. I hope that you're able to just pause and um, shift gears and just be able to enjoy yourself today. All right. So enjoy this training. I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, you guys, today we are going to be talking all about establishing good habits and getting rid of unfavorable ones. So I want to talk today about how to help you create your own system in doing this. So why should we even worry about good habits to begin with? Well, good habits are going to be the seed, so to speak, that you plant that helps grow into this beautiful thing that is your goals and your accomplishments and allows you to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So to speak, it's going to allow you to create systems and the lifestyle that ultimately you want to be living. And that starts with your behaviors, with your thoughts, with, um, and those transform into your habits. So we're going to get into that today. Um, grab a piece of paper and a notebook just so you can take notes. So let's get into it. Now, um, I'm sure you guys have heard, okay, it takes 28 days to do a habit straight through before you establish it and it becomes just a part of you. Well, I wanted to get into that. I wanted to essentially break down some uh, myths around that. And basically, it starts with this study that was published in 2010 by an author named Lally, L-A-L-L-Y. So essentially, they determined that habits take anywhere between 18 to 254 days to make it stick. Now, this depends on the individual and how naturally um, consistent and motivated they are. We'll get into all of that and what determines that here in a bit. But essentially, to the difficulty of the habit, you know what I mean? If it's like, imagine the difference between the habit of brushing your teeth every day versus going out and running 11 miles every day. Vastly different, right? Like it's 20 degrees right now in Ohio and there's a foot of snow on the ground probably going to be a little easier to brush your teeth, right? So um, that's the variance in which we see that. So let's talk a little bit about motivation. So here is a big common misconception when it comes to creating and executing our habits as well. Now, it's not about your motivation, in fact. So it's actually about what's called your limbic friction, So the difficulty of actually doing it, and I'm not even referring to um, that illustration of running 11 miles in the snow versus uh, brushing your teeth to a degree. I guess this could be translated in sort of a way with the two, but essentially what it gets at is 
your degree of, are you too tired to execute the thing? Are you too anxious to execute the thing? So here's what I mean. Like, let's say you've had a really long day at work. Let's say running 11 miles is the goal. Um, but you're exhausted and it's yucky out and like nothing within you wants to do that thing. Um, so you're too tired to do it. So that could be the limbic friction that you're running into, or maybe the habit is simply sitting down, getting still, getting quiet and meditating for 15 minutes. Maybe you just finished a, you know, grande latte and you're too anxious now. You can't sit still. Like, you know, your brain is not going to calm down and get into that state of, um, you know, that uh, theta brainwave state that helps us to tap in and like meditate. So it could be that you're, you're just too wound up to do the thing. Um, so that's a very interesting way to think about it right now. What's cool is we can kind of control those things to a degree. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, how to do that and how to bring this all together. So think of it this way. If you were taking care of yourself properly, right? If you were essentially creating ways to make yourself feel better, think about it. It's likely that you would feel more like doing those habits. You would probably feel less tired or less anxious, i.e. healthy habits like managing your caffeine intake. You know, if you know you're caffeine sensitive and it's going to make you super anxious, maybe you just have a four ounce cup and you are good versus thinking that you have to down 16 ounces of coffee to get yourself awake. Right. Um, and then too, like eating healthy food is going to make you more vital. It's going to make you more focused, awake and alert and feeling like doing things. So at the end of the day, where maybe in the past, if you were eating processed food, maybe you didn't eat enough, maybe you didn't drink enough water, maybe you didn't get enough sleep the night before, you'd be tired. You wouldn't feel like, let's say, going to work out in the evening when you knew you needed to get that workout in. So it's a very interesting way to think about it. So the healthy habits, you guys, in general, are going to create this snowball effect to keep you in check. It's going to snowball those good habits in general. So eating well, sleeping well, um, drinking enough water, keeping your stress in check are likely going to help you feel like doing those harder things. So it makes it much easier to execute on those habits. And the more you execute, we find on habits consistently, the more they are going to stick and the closer you're going to become to your goals. So this is a very practical way in how to reach your goals, essentially. At the end of the day, that's what we're kind of getting at. So if you do a habit, no matter the context, it means that this habit is now a part of you. So here's what I mean. If you have practiced getting up going through your routine in the mornings and let's say four or five days of the week, you go and you get a workout in. That essentially, okay, we're in our home. Things kind of make sense. We know where everything's at. That's like, it's maybe simple for us to execute that. 
But what about when you go on vacation? You know, your environment changes, your schedule changes, your energy levels change. Maybe, you know, your, your food that you had the day before is different. Maybe your sleep and your hydration levels are different. So the type of person that still gets up, that still does that routine within that time frame, and then gets themselves into a workout, that's the type of person that you know that habit has stuck. So we look at context when it comes to our habits. Think of a habit right now. So brushing our teeth is a really easy one. I mean, most of us do it, even if your life is in absolute shambles, maybe unless you're in some very, very deep depression or something, it's going to be fairly easy to brush your teeth no matter where you're at. And if you have the tools and resources to do so. So that's an easy one. But then we take something like uh, working out. And it gets a little more complicated, right? So there's like this spectrum of easy to difficult habits and specifically knowing the ones that are going to serve you. And then practicing, I kind of view it this way now, like when I'm traveling home um, or anywhere and I'm like, all right, let's see how good I am at sticking to my routines, to making sure I'm eating, you know, four meals a day with a balance of veggies, carbs, fats, and protein, right? Um, how good am I at these things? And it's really cool because it really shines the light on how well it's working for you. Okay. So just to illustrate that. So I want you to think of something, and this is a way essentially to make the habit easier to execute. Okay, so this is a simple exercise. So we find that when you visualize a task from start to finish, that habit, whatever it may be, the likelihood of you being able to perform that habit will be more likely over time. So I'm talking about you basically just closing your eyes for a moment, and you can do this right now. I want you to think of the context of what's happening that leads up to that habit, actually doing the thing, and then what it feels like afterwards. So I'm gonna take you through mine very quickly. So when it comes to working out in the morning, this is something that I've been working on uh, for several months now, just to keep myself very consistent. Because I know if I don't work out in the morning, a lot of the time I'll get deep into work or something comes up and it's tough for me to get it in before my shift of coaching at the gym. And after my shift of coaching at the gym, my motivation's gone. It's nighttime. I'm ready for bed. Like around 7.30 PM, I'm over it. So I know that my best chances of getting a workout in is going to be in the morning before my day gets started. So here's what it looks like. Typically, and this varies, all right, um, on an ideal day, I would wake up at 5.15. I would go and stumble into the bathroom, brush my teeth. I like to clean my mouth before I like drink or eat anything. And after that, I would open the curtains if it's sunny out, especially just to get some sun exposure, help to wake me up. If not, I'll like turn my phone on and have the blue light like blast me in my face. After that, I go to the kitchen, I make myself a big glass of water, and I'll put in some 
pink Himalayan sea salt and a half a lemon just to get some electrolytes going and some sodium into my body, I know that I'm about to sweat and I've been dehydrated. I haven't drank anything in the past eight hours. So it's very important that I hydrate immediately. So I will drink that just as I go throughout my morning. So at that point, I make my way into the office, AKA the Zen Den, and I will meditate. So I will turn on my Spotify playlist. And I actually lately, you guys have found that I really like, uh, there's an, believe it or not, air conditioning as a background noise. I'll set my timer for 15 minutes and turn that sound on. I'll kind of just drop into my body, go within, just kind of like let my thoughts fade away as best I can. After that timer goes off, I will journal. Depending on how much time I have, if I'm really rushed, I won't journal at all. Um, but I'll journal anywhere from five to 15 minutes. Okay. After that, I have picked out my clothes from the night before they're sitting on my couch, right? So I will change my clothes and then I'll go into the bathroom and I'll start to get ready. I'll, you know, clean my face, put a tiny bit of makeup on, like fix my hair by that time it's about time to go. So I will go fill my shaker up with some pre-workout, um, drink half of it roughly like on the way to the gym listen to something inspiring on the way to the gym by that time i'm at the gym i'm ready to go so after that essentially what i usually do is come back home i love getting out of sweaty clothing and putting on something comfortable immediately <laughs> side note i do need to throw in there that i do need to start washing my face after the gym that would be helpful um, so at that point I've likely turned on a podcast or something that I'm listening to and I'll start to make breakfast and coffee. So that's my morning essentially. So I just took you through that visual visualization exercise as to what I like to do and getting that habit of getting to the gym on a regular basis. Okay. So take yourself through that. Imagine the one thing that you want to execute on what happens before and afterwards. It's like a domino effect because if we can visualize it, our brain is going to make that connection much easier. So here's the thing though. Um, let's say this is a habit you've never done and you're like, you've, you paint this really pretty picture of how it's going to go, but down deep inside, you're like, nah, no, I'm not going to do that. Like if I were sitting here and telling you like, I'm going to meditate for an hour. The thing is you guys, you cannot lie to yourself. Okay. So I'll just put that out there. So, um, state it in a way or imagine it in a way that feels very neutral. Don't state it or make it feel phony. Okay. Um, because it's not that your body thinks it's, it's like doing the thing as you're imagining it. It's kind of just like setting it up for later when it does happen. And it makes those connections much easier. Okay. So that's kind of how that works. So think of this, um, it's actually easier. And I just, as doing research for this, uh, training for you guys, I'm so excited to share this with you. Cause this is something totally new that I didn't even consider, but totally makes sense. So why not pair your habits with your natural rhythms throughout your day? So your circadian rhythms, okay? So this is if you, let's say your standard person that 
um, isn't a shift worker, okay? Uh, it would be different for you, so just shift the timing of it and that will help you accommodate yourself. So think of just your waking hours in general. It doesn't have to be, you know, like 6 a.m. or whatever. All right, so we break it down into three phases. So phase one is the first eight hours after waking. So this is when a, hopefully a healthy level of cortisol is uh, increasing. We have dopamine levels are elevated and then uh, noradrenaline basically is elevated too. So things are focused, you are alert, you're ready for action, okay? This is the time of day that you guys, you may have heard this phrase before, eat the frog, do the hard things first, things that take action, greater effort, focus, physical action, you know, just actually moving your body. Okay. So, um, think of things like, uh, exercising cold exposure. So if you're doing like cryotherapy or cold showers, um, caffeine is a good idea during this time and, uh, getting sunlight or blue light exposure to help wake that body up and help, you know, have those healthy levels of cortisol. If you're male, um, and you do fasting, it can lead to better dopamine may not quite be the same as females. This, the studies are different. Okay. So, uh, between the two, genders, it can affect people differently. So just side note there. So that's when you're wanting to take action. You're wanting to <clears throat> answer emails, make phone calls, do meetings, get things done in that way. <clears throat> you're likely more social. So um, write things, really just execute on the bigger matters that are kind of bugging you, you know? So your limbic system is going to be less resistant against doing harder things during your first eight hours of the day. Your system is ready to take action. It is really focus oriented at that time. So why should we even group our habits in this way? So apart from your natural biochemistry, like supporting it, it's actually, it causes something in the nervous system and the nervous system will actually start to do something called task bracketing, which helps in predicting when you will begin and start these kinds of tasks, which, which essentially helps you with your daily rhythm. So it's going to actually help you be more alert when you need to be alert. It's going to help you wind down when you need to wind down, and it's going to help you sleep and rest better when it's time to do that. So it just, it really creates a nice environment to keep that momentum going, right? it reduces that limbic friction that we were talking about earlier. So phase two of this is the basic, basically like the ninth to 14 or 15th hour of your day. So this is when serotonin is more active. So you're in a more relaxed state of being. Um, so during this time, limit light exposure to where, you know, you're not blasted. You don't have to be in like darker rooms necessarily, but just kind of think of like chilling out. Um, so it's a great time to do meditation, yoga nidra, therapy, um, a hypnosis practice if you're into that, um, saunas, hot baths, showers. Think of like calming herbs, right? So lavender, chamomile, uh, ashwagandha, 
and, uh, you know, adaptogens that are going to help kind of like level you out. So we definitely don't want to be having caffeine after this time. We don't want to be re-stimulated. And this is typically the time where we want caffeine because <laughs> we're hitting that slump, you know, serotonin is like, all right, we're, it's like time to chill out. And, but it's like, yo, it is two o'clock. I still have stuff to do. So we, if we want to bring some focus into that, uh, we can use adaptogens. Maca root powder is a great option. Um, mushrooms are a great option, not the magic kind, but like cordyceps, etc. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's what we're aiming for. Okay. So we're focusing on tapering down those stress levels. Journaling is a great time. It's a great time for this. Um, think mellow activities. Okay. Um, so now phase three, this is typically, our time that it's time to sleep. So very low light to maybe even no light at all. We definitely want to limit blue light exposure. Um, and you guys, if you haven't seen this, basically uh, on your phone, you can do a setting to where it has a red light setting. I have that in my sleep training. So download that, check that out. I would highly recommend it. I always turn this on after like 9 p.m. Um, just to help limit that blue light exposure. And then we want to keep temperatures low, like 65 ish degrees. Um, but you can cover yourself up with blankets as you sleep. You know, you don't want to be obviously uncomfortable. So we really want to start to get that circadian rhythm in check. Um, the melatonin, basically we want that to go up. So think like the more you're exposed to light, the the more that melatonin is going down and then the less you're exposed to light, that melatonin is going up, which helps you to fall asleep and stay asleep. So even if you have to get up in the middle of the night, which is totally fine and normal, keep your light exposure very minimal because I mean, you turn a light on and it's like, whoop, like your melatonin's gone, you know, it just like decreases so quickly. Um, and it has that cortisol go up, which makes it really hard to fall back asleep. So um, now, if you're unable to wind down in that phase three, here's what's interesting. The science shows us that we won't be able to build a habit that we've established in phase one or two. How wild is that? Because during that time, the brain essentially washes itself and it files things away and it establishes those um, routines, so to speak, which is super interesting. So how can we get a huge mental reward when we complete a habit? So obviously it makes sense to be real with ourselves about uh, the difficulty that the habit is going to bring, right? <clears throat> so for example, if we know we're going to run that 11 miles in the snow, like it's not going to be a walk through the park, literally. So we can expect that but we can create anticipation around that good habit. So thinking of all of the good things that it's going to bring immediately afterwards. So thinking, I know I'm gonna have an amazing runner's high afterwards. I'm gonna to get to go to my favorite coffee shop and have my favorite coffee afterwards. It's gonna feel so good to get into the shower after I take those clothes off and my body's all cold. Like think of the things that you're looking forward to immediately after. So just like I said, for mine with 
just simply working out. I love getting out of wet, sweaty clothes and putting on something like taking a body shower really quick and putting on something like super comfortable. I love it. It's just like, I feel like I'm cocooned and accomplished and just, it feels amazing. And then eating breakfast and having coffee. Yes, please. Like it's just a great feeling that I look forward to. So this is going to give you a greater feeling of reward. So to remind yourself of the goodness that's going to come from the immediate afterwards. And I'm not talking like the long-term payout of, let's say you're training for a marathon or something, and that's why you're running the 11 miles. I'm talking about the immediate benefit, right? So this will create a greater dopamine effect. But remember, dopamine is not about feeling good. It's actually about feeling motivated. So it's going to encourage you to be more motivated, which is super interesting because it keeps that ball rolling. Okay. So this is really how we can help those habits stick long-term. And so you see why people encourage consistency over everything. So dopamine is going to give you energy because adrenaline comes from dopamine. How interesting is that, right? So this essentially, this, this is like newer information that I'm incorporating now um, as I teach this, but I wanted to let you guys in on like not only the NSL 30 day kickstart, which includes six habits over the course of 30 days. I'll kind of explain how that works. Um, if you haven't heard about it and if you have heard about it, if you're doing it, hell yes, I'm sure that you are feeling amazing. And if you've just started, you're going to be feeling amazing. So I can't wait for you to see the benefit of it. So, um, basically I created this program as a reflection of how I naturally do things in my life. Um, I looked at it in such a way of what are the main things, the main habits that move the needle forward when it comes to being super healthy, transforming your body, transforming your mind and your lifestyle. So taking yourself and just leveling yourself up, right? So, and I wanted, most of all, you guys know me, I wanted it to be consistent. I wanted it to be doable. So if you guys aren't familiar with the 30 day kickstart, essentially it is the six habits are good nutrition. So my recommendations, I have like a whole downloadable form on how to create your meals and it's customized for you and your goals and your body size. It includes no processed food, no added sugar, no alcohol, dairy, or gluten. Um, good hydration. So eating or eating, drinking ounces of water equal to three quarters of your body weight in pounds. So basically three quarters of uh, ounces times your body weight each day, sleep seven plus hours a night, move for 30 minutes each day, five of those days a week, breaking a sweat, personal growth for 30 minutes, which could include like a podcast, a training, YouTube videos, documentaries, books, courses, etc. And then the sixth habit is reflection. So a mindfulness practice of some kind for 15 minutes. So meditate, go to therapy, journal, go for a walk, etc. So 
this is rooted in biology and psychology of habit formation. Um, it essentially helps things to stick. And that's why I wanted to create a system that worked best to do that. Um, so let's talk about some ways that you can do this on your own and in a way that suits you. So first of all, like, it's so important that your habits are flexible. You guys, like, have you ever tried doing things in a very exacting kind of way? It's exhausting and it feels almost impossible. And then you get beat down because you feel like a failure because you can't stay consistent. Freaking sucks. So it's like to do those six habits over the 30 days, but having the flexibility, for example, like with your growth of, okay, I can watch this Netflix documentary, or I can do a training with Coach Kim, or I can listen to this audiobook. Sounds really nice, doesn't it? <laughs> you may not feel like doing one of those things on any given day. So that's very important. So here, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, okay? The goal is not to complete all habits perfectly. Full disclosure, okay? <laughs> it is about being able to get into the habit of completing habits, okay? So like this bullshit and these programs of like, oh, well, if you mess up one time, you have to start over. That doesn't, first of all, it doesn't sound like much fun, but second of all, it sounds very defeating and like that it's probably not going to stick. So unless you're just some sort of mutant that is able to do that, like I don't, it's hard for me even to wrap my brain around and I do this all day, every day, right? So did you know that if you complete your habits at least 80% of the time, you will be successful in most cases. Now there is like a very, very, you know, less than 1% elite level that this rule doesn't necessarily apply to because like the margin of error becomes like this. But for most people, you guys, if you have good habits, most of the time you're gonna be successful. It's just a matter of getting into the habit of creating habits, right? So the goal is to complete actually only four to five of them consistently every single day. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> Doesn't that take the pressure off? Um, so that's the intention. There's actually psych psychological literature that indicates we shouldn't punish ourselves if we skip a habit, for example, stay, like starting all the way over from day one, or let's say, um, oh, I missed these two habits. So you just tack more of those, those two habits onto the next day to compensate. Right. And I, like, I, this is something I used to do before I knew anything about nutrition. This is something that I see, you know, my clients, when they just first start out, sometimes they can do, it's like, oh, well, um, like I, I over ate, so I'm going to skip a meal. It doesn't work like that. Okay. You have to in that case, and in the case of habits, wipe the, the, wipe the slate clean. Pretend like it never happened. Pick up at your next meal and eat. Because if not, you create this negative um, feedback loop, essentially. And it's really, really hard to get back on track after that. 
And the psychology tells us that, right? So that is why it's so important. So you don't want to engage in a routine that you simply can't keep up for five to six days a week. So make sure that it's one that works for you. It's very common for when people want to change their life around, they want to dig up everything and make everything completely different overnight, which sometimes can lead them to overwhelm or it's just too much and they can't handle it, which puts them back at square one or they quit. So you want to make this manageable. Okay. These small little habits add up. So after those, let's say 30 days of doing this, let's say you've executed these six habits to the best of your ability. It's really important to step back and assess. So it's really important to track what you're doing, right? I'll get into that in just a bit and how to do it, but it helps you to see if you have room to either add more habits. It helps you to see what you're really good at. It helps you to see what you're really not good at, right? So it helps you to troubleshoot and really course correct all on your own. So most people don't have the capacity with their central nervous systems to add even more to their plate. So it's interesting, the school that I went to for nutrition, and and I don't actually practice it this way because I have seen it and have faith in you guys that you can actually hold more on your plate. But the way we're actually trained is to start you all with one tiny little habit start with taking your vitamins and that's it. That's for the first week. That's all you're doing for week two. You're adding vegetables into each meal that day along with the vitamins and that's it. And then it like builds over time. Obviously you could see how this would take a very long time. (laughs) So, um, we, we take it up a notch a bit, but like that is the psychology behind it because If you can simply not worry about getting to the gym, but you know, every single day, there is a 10 out of 10 chance that you would be able to put your tennis shoes on, then start there. Right. And then what's the next easiest thing you can do? I can drive myself to the gym every day. You don't have to work out. You just have to go to the gym and then you can go home. Right. So you make it like silly easy. So the way that I describe it is can you do this habit on a scale of one to 10? 10 is an absolute hell yes. One is a like, no, never, not in like until hell ice is over. We want you to have a seven out of 10 at least. So if it's a, a seven or eight out of 10, you're good to go. All right. That's when you can execute on it. If it's less than that, we need to make it easier. So just a side note and a little tip there. Now, Here's what makes this whole thing interesting. This essentially becomes a competition with yourself. This is a you versus you situation. You learn to stop comparing yourself, right? And it makes it very adaptable to the real world because you're like, you guys, I don't know about you, but my schedule has not been insanely consistent (laughs) from the duration of my adult life. Like it shifts quite a bit. You know, there are appointments, there's travel, there's this, there's that, that comes up. There's a day where, you know, like, I don't know, I have to go take care of something or something pops up. So 
it helps you to become adaptable with your habits and what it is that you're doing. So ideally, this will help you to have that limbic friction to be a bit less to help you to perform the tasks and lose those feelings of, well, I just don't feel like it, right? So what about breaking bad habits? So whether it's overeating, watching too much TV, smoking cigarettes, et cetera, right? Simply, this is amazing. And yet another reason why to live a healthy lifestyle, creating positive routines, incorporating exercise, nutrition, arranged throughout your day will actually help you to break bad habits. So in order to break a habit, we have to incorporate what's called long-term depression. Now, this actually has nothing to do with your mood, okay? It basically is a way to help the neurons in your brain fire in a different way that causes you to not act upon the habit, okay? Um, so this is aside from just simply incorporating new, you know, good habits. So here's an example of how this would work. So you could, this is wild as I was you know, doing the research for this, I discovered that if you create a reward for not completing a behavior, um, instead of punishing yourself, you have a much better outcome. Um, so here is essentially how this would work. So let's say that, um, your goal was to not look, not get on Instagram all day, like from nine to five or whenever you're working, the goal is to not get on Instagram, but all of a sudden you look up and like, you know, you black out or whatever, and you're on Instagram. So instead of punishing yourself by doing like 50 burpees or something, switch it around immediately. So immediately go do something positive. So find another habit that you're working on that's very simple, like drinking enough water and down a container of water, right? Like drink 16 ounces of water. It immediately reprograms the brain instead of like, oh, I'm a piece of shit because I messed up and getting you into that negative feedback loop into, nope, I got it. I'm right back on track. So it's super interesting. You can try another method, which is a little more positive, which is like actually tracking every time you slip up. So you can make a tick mark. You can like put marbles in a jar every time you do it as a visual reminder of how often the thing happens. And you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I picked my phone up literally 50 times today. So it gives you a good visual as to um, what's happening. There was an exercise that I used to do with a coach and it was um, disempowering language, like um, I can't, I should, et cetera. So, uh, or I always, and just saying like a negative comment afterwards. And <laughs> the deal was every time she caught me doing it, I had to Venmo her $5. So that's a really good, you know, it is a good way to punish yourself too. So, so you can go about it in different ways and it's finding out for you what works the best, but, um, we, they find, they found 
basically in these studies that I was, you know, looking into was that actually compensating with a good behavior after you mess it up is more beneficial than let's say that punishment. So Venmoing somebody. So if I were to instead be like, you know what? Yes, I can actually. And here is why is more positive and beneficial. So it's kind of wild how that works with our brain. Two, recording it helps you to capture the sequence of events that led you to that bad habit. And I've mentioned this recently on my Instagram with um, how I healed myself from binge eating disorder, which was my bad habit. This is how I healed it. I essentially um, discovered, okay, what was going on prior to this incident? What was I thinking and feeling? And this would always come about after the incident. I would reflect back and journal about it and write it down. And it allowed me to learn a lot about myself and like what caused that to happen. So it would be beneficial too to create that replacement behavior immediately afterwards. Okay. So this essentially, the purpose of that creates what's called a cognitive mismatch. So it stops the cycle and helps you to intervene, which is super empowering when you think about it. So, I mean, I'm going to be real with you guys, and I'm sure that this comes with no surprise, but breaking habits are really hard. Often there has to be a full scale hitting rock bottom before things can really change. Like, you know, you hear about these things changing overnight, but this is especially like when we're talking about um, addictive behaviors. So really um, dangerous behaviors. So sometimes you got to hit that rock bottom and that's part of it before you even have the desire to want to change the habit. So this stuff takes practice. Just remind yourself of that. It starts with simply becoming aware. Okay. So that's, that's step one. That's really it. And then no matter what, the best way to determine if you'll be successful is asking about your habits on a scale of one to 10. Like how confident am I that I can do this? You know, is it a eight or above? I would even say eight, you know, over like a seven because you're super confident that you can do it, right? So it's very important. And the, it's very important to take your habits one step at a time. So it's important to also remember what you measure moves. Find a way that makes sense for you to keep track of what you're doing. So whether that's, you know, a spreadsheet on your computer, um, I actually use a bullet journal, which I'll show you here in just a moment. And then I also have on my phone, like for the 30 day kickstart, and I've been doing it and keeping up with it myself is this little downloadable uh, image. And basically I put it on my Instagram stories and I mark it up. And I share with everybody, which keeps you even more accountable. And then at the end of the week, you can total up to see how successful you were. Now, in my bullet journal, here's what it looks like. So I have a lot more than six habits over here, right? So this is like, I, I sat down one day and essentially thought, okay, 
what are the top things that make my life so much better and move the needle forward in every single way, right? Obviously it had to do with sleep, nutrition, hydration, and, but it also has to do with getting outside, having fun with my friends. So basically if I make contact with a friend, if I text somebody or run into somebody and have a conversation, I get to check that, check off that box, you know, quality time with your significant other, et cetera. So figure out for you what those things are. So I hope you all enjoyed this training today. Please let me know. How did you like it? What are your biggest takeaways? How are you going to incorporate this for yourself? Um, if you want to sign up for the 30 day kickstart, I will incorporate a link here so you can do that. And I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set a Life podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at Never Settle Life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever felt like there's something inside of you and, and it just knows? It knows where you're going. And you're so busy doubting yourself. And you're so busy being afraid.